What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. I am really excited about this episode with Mary Mikowitz. She is the owner of One Life Nutrition and Wellness and the general manager of Restore Hyper Wellness in Mount Pleasant. So obviously wellness is a big part of her life. She works as a health coach and she specifically helps those working shift work, long demanding hours, or inconsistent schedules bring in work-life balance, nutrition, improve their health, improve sleep, improve their personal lives, and learn stress management skills. So she takes me down her journey of burnout, feeling lack of purpose, feeling like she was making a living but not living it, and how she wishes she would have seen all those signals sooner. She tells us her whole story of how she hit her breaking point and decided to prioritize health and wellness again. That story may or may not involve an angry customer throwing canned food items at her. Stay tuned for that. And I just really love her resilience and her adaptability and her view on work and deep health. In our society, work often takes up the whole pie. And this episode, I think, is really a great reminder of why we work. We work to live and not to live to work and how to incorporate balance and wellness and how to continually remind yourself that it's really easy for work to take up the whole pie. Um, and how to prioritize other parts of your life and make sure that you are working to live. So she shares her advice for anyone looking to explore work-life balance, anyone looking to find more purpose, or anyone feeling like they're, they're stuck or they don't know what they want in life. And we talk about how she incorporates wellness and balance into her relationships and her work managing a team. So I know you're going to enjoy this one. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Really excited for today's episode. We are talking all about wellness. You will see why, because I'm with the owner of One Life Nutrition and Wellness and the general manager of Restore Hyper Wellness in Mount Pleasant. Welcome, Mary Mikowitz. Thank you. So glad to be here. I said it right. You did. I was like, we're going to have to do this whole thing over again. (laughs) Mikowitz. Love it. Thank you so much, Mary, for being on. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here and share my story and me with you. Yes, I'm very excited to hear about your story. I would love 
if you could just walk me down your your whole life story. Just something simple like that. Oh, my goodness. Something <laughs> simple. Oh, well, at 54, there's Tell quite a few years yourself. to give you. Um, I'm from New Jersey originally, born and raised with nine brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow managed to... Um, get back down to some kind of stability back here in South Carolina, but it took me a long journey of 30 years in order to do so. Life is a journey. Um, right? Life is a journey. <laughs> um, I started out, I had a career of 30 years in retail management. Um, I did 18 years with Home Depot and I did nine years as a manager for Harris Teeter grocery stores, um, which is how I managed to get down here to, at, to South Carolina. Um, so, Then I transitioned from that into a health and wellness aspect, um, kind of lost child syndrome. I didn't know what to do after the empty nesters um, situation. When the kids got grown, what was I supposed to do? I wasn't a mom. I wasn't um, the taxi driver anymore. I wasn't, um, didn't really have a place or a purpose or direction as to what I wanted to do with myself. So I just knew that I couldn't continue where I was in retail management and I needed something different. So um, it took me on my journey and wound up into the health and wellness, um, not only coaching, but also teaching people how to invest and give back some self-love. So how did health and wellness become a part of your journey? Um, I kind of hit a brick a wall with working 60 hours um, a week um, schedules. I was doing 12 hour shifts, uh, six days a week, sometimes seven, but it wasn't just a fixed schedule. So it was overnight, daytime. If someone didn't show up, I did double shifts, you know, go home and sleep for a couple of hours and come back um, and do another shift. So um, definitely I was on this like hamster wheel of. Mm confusion um, and exhaustion and eating poorly and not sleeping. And I was just really, I was a non-existent parent. Um, Somebody else raised my children because I don't, didn't, was never home to do it. So I was trying to remember where the kids were, who took them, who picked them up. Um, And that wasn't a quality of life. It was horrible. Um, The, when I was in DC, which is where I was before I got here in Atlanta, Atlanta, in South Carolina. I was living in Atlanta, sorry. Healthy Atlanta. <laughs> that was another one. I was in Atlanta, then D.C., okay, and then here. Travel, yes. um, but so when I moved to D.C., you know, that was great um, as far as I had gone through a life change. Let me I kind of back up a little bit so my story's a little convoluted. But when I was in Atlanta, I was married to the father of my children uh, for 17 years. He was an alcoholic. Um, we got separated and divorced, um, took the kids with just the clothes on our backs. How many kids? Uh, four. Oh, wow. So I just, yeah, I left and I said, somehow I'm going to make it. Um, I don't know how, I don't know where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, but this has to be better than what the kids are and, and I are dealing with, with him. So, um, I got my first glimpse into how strong I really was. Um, and the power and the inspiration I could still, even though my life was in complete shambles, um, I could give back to others. So that was kind of my first glimmer into how truly strong I was and how important it is to, even though your life might be in pieces on the ground, you can still be a shining star and an inspiration and a encourager to other people and somehow make the world a better place. Um, 
And it kind of pulled me out of my gray doldrums. You know, I couldn't, I had a lot of pity party for myself during that time. And um, with that, I, helping others and inspiring them and encouraging them, I got a little bit more sunshine in my life and a little bit more sunshine and it kind of bloomed. Um, And that led me to a career change from Home Depot over to Harris Teeter in DC. Um, And that DC realm was about five years, um, but quality of life, like I started out saying, was just miserable. My um, commute to work was about two hours each way um, on top of a 12-hour day, and it was only 23 miles, but traffic in D.C., if you've ever lived um, up there, it's atrocious, no matter what time of day. It's 24 so hours. four hours of driving every day. Yeah. Just to and from Just work. to and from work. Um, so you're dealing on your cell phone constantly. Yeah. You're cursing. My, my knuckles were white. They were just permanently white because I gripped the steering wheel so hard. <laughs> Um, my vocabulary became a, just a slew of curse words. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no kind of community. I had no social life. Yeah. Um, I was finally getting to a point where like I was drinking a bottle of wine a night yeah. just to try and sleep. Although you sleep horribly when you have alcohol, but and you have four hours of sleep. Yeah. And you have none. So you're, sometimes I would sleep in the parking lot. That's funny. I'd sleep in the parking lot because I would have to be back at work in three and a half hours. And I said, there's no way I can even I get home and turn oh around. Oh my gosh. So. How old are your kids at this point? Um, kids were... Like 10, 11, 12, 15. Okay. Um, so still very dependent. Yes, very much so. And but still trying to figure out, you know, the keeping the, the balls up in the air, keeping the circus juggling act going. That's just what we do mm-hmm. um, as single parent. Um, but kind of the life and world switched when I was in D.C. because I reconnected with my first boyfriend um, and he and I dated when I was 13 and now I'm married to him. So 20, oh, wow. 28 years later, Look at that. um, you never know. I never know. Pop up again. Absolutely. <laughs> He's back. Um, but with that, you know, he was the, this kind of like the cream to the crop. He was kind of, I, I, every day I thank the Lord for bringing him back into my life because he really was that rock that was in our life that, my children desperately needed. Um, they needed a good role model. They needed someone that was honest and giving and loving and was just constantly there for them that they never had in their, their biological dad. So, um, and always put them first. Um, so he was also not only the father to my, my children, um, he brought his son, who's the same age of one of our, one of my sons. Um, so he brought him into the mix. Um, and, but he was also that stabilizing energy source for me. So um, when, after we were living in D.C. for a while and I was really stressed out, um, an opportunity pers- existed and um, they, Harris Teeter bought Piggly Wigglies down here. And that was back in 2013. So they asked managers to please come and volunteer to transfer down to South Carolina um, so I raised my hand. I said, I'm in. Pay you didn't have first. to ask me twice. I'm leaving. Um, they said, well, this, this was in 2013. Okay. All right. Um, so I said, heck yeah, I'm going to do that. And then about five days later, I told my husband. I'm like, ah, oh, because I <laughs> never told him that oh. I had volunteered. Sorry, honey, oh, by honey. the way, your 30-year career of construction in uh, Virginia, we're, we're moving. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and, True soul that he is. He said, all right. 
here we go. I mean, I'm sure he saw like how stressed and how oh, happy yeah. you were. He just knew that something had to give, yeah. and this was not where we needed to be. And um, he had been there long enough. You know, he'd been there like 28 years, I think, at that mm-hmm. point, and he was done with being in DC. And um, so we moved down here. But when we moved down here, again, Harris Teeter is another 24-hour business. Oh, my that, God, they're everywhere, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and although, the, you know, I have the beach, I have this, I'm in this gorgeous place that I love. You know, I see the dolphins every day, and I'm still, eight years later, still getting, like, oh, my yeah. God, the dolphins. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, but seeing the wildlife and seeing the water just surrounding me, and the ocean's always been my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It's always been my soul replenishment. I could just sit there on the beach, and it doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, whatever. As long as I Rainy see the waves days. and I hear the waves, I'm good. Um, but when we got down here and I was still working that retail crazy schedule, um, I finally was at the point of saying, all right, I have got to put me back in line. Mm -hmm. I said, I live in this beautiful place. It's time for me to have a quality of life. Something, you know, I left DC because there was no life. I have to make the most of where I'm living. So, um, I said, I'm about to turn 50. There's no way in hell I'm going into my 50s looking, feeling slobby, feeling low, feeling lethargic, no self-esteem, drinking way too much, um, not living, not no social life. So there was no life balance. There was nothing. Life. Yeah, there was nothing there. And I said, there's just no way I'm going to do this. So I went back to the gym. Um, I found at the time, um, I was working out with a trainer at the gym I was working out at, um, Amos Collins, who's now back up in Myrtle Beach, but he was down here and he was a pro MMA fighter. So not only did he tap into me, you know, personally, he saw my pain, he saw my anguish, he Mm -hmm. saw my fragile ego um, and self-esteem, and he said, we're going to fix that. So we learned boxing. We did kickboxing. You know, he'd get out the gloves after hours or after the gym class that we would do because I always do group workouts. Um, and he would get those boxing gloves out and say, you need to let some go. Let's go. So, you know, he really invested a whole lot of time mm-hmm. into me after hours and on his own time. And I will never, ever... Um, minimize and I'll never forget that what he did for me because it was just amazing. But with that, you know, he encouraged me to do a rugged maniac. I was like, all right, I've never done that before. I'm 50 or I'll be 50. <laughs> sure. Okay, let's try that. Um, and I did that. That was fabulous. Um, I went skydiving on my 50th birthday. Wow. That's I, you know, I started taking these steps yeah. really far out of my comfort zone and I did it all by myself. I drove to Atlanta I went right. up on a plane and the guy said, you're not here with anybody? I said, hell nope, no, right, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> I said, because why not? There's nothing going to stop me anymore. So yeah. he started that little wheel of you can do this, what's stopping you? And that positive affirmation, which just kind of blossomed and blossomed. Um, so with that, um, the next year, I um, actually won the Rugged Maniac. Oh my god. <laughs> That is so cool. I'm like, yay! Went from like not sure what this was to winning it. So I won it and I ran it twice that day because I wanted to run with all of of my gym sisters because I wanted to give them that same experience I had had the previous year when we all did it together. So, what gym were you part of? I was with um, Burn Boot Camp in in Mount Pleasant. Um, And so, with that kind of camaraderie and that thing, Mm -hmm. that just started me going, okay, there's 
somewhere here that fits me. I get this, you know. So I started getting feedback from all of my, we call them burn sisters, um, all of my sisters in, in workout. And they were like, you need to train. You need to train. And I said, I don't want to train. That's not where my niche is. I just don't want to do that. But you're right. Something in this health and wellness and this empowering trying to help other people find their purpose mm. was where oh, I really wanted to be. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, that's where I thrived, you know, and I would call people and do the same things that Amos had done for me. And that's stepping outside of my normal routine and going way above and beyond because I knew they needed that. And I was more than willing to give that to them and make that, for, do that for them. Um, so... That's when I started researching what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? life? I'm 52 years old. You know, here we go. What am I up? So, yeah. So, I went back to school. I found health coaching. I said, that's my sweet spot. Because not only can I help people fix their life, because it deals, health coaching deals with every aspect of your life. It's not just the gym. It's Mm -hmm. not just your workout. It's your eating, your sleeping, your finances, your social connections, your relationships. It's your um, creativity. It's your internal work. You know, it's so like this much idea of yeah, deep health. This deep health. It's finding where your deficits are mm. and rebuilding that, refueling your gas tank, and then celebrating the places that are in great position. Understand they will wax and wane over time. But really giving them the tools so that when the ebb and flow comes of life, that when the waves come and bolt you down and you do the back flips in the water, then you're okay because you know that you have the skill sets and the knowledge and the um, systems to be able to pull yourself back out. So that's what I did. And that's how I started One Life Nutrition and Wellness. Um, And I kind of went with the idea of dealing with just people in my situation, those midlifers that are kind of lost in space. Um, But then after a little time, I realized that my true major impact is really with our um, first responders, those people that are working the shift work. It's those retail workers and COVID really kind of was my pivot point for that because that's what really made me realize that, you know what? Yes, I can help. All, everyone, no matter what, but where I really needed to give these people um, inspiration was COVID really highlighted that. It said these people that are working these shifts round the clock, they're giving everything to everybody else, mm-hmm. but they're not giving to themselves. It was they're, almost like highlighted during that part because also they were asking for volunteers. We need travel nurses. We need you. We need you. That absolutely. Like, so many of those people rose to the occasion and but now they're working way more than they already did yeah. in, these, in these tough jobs in a tough world environment. Yeah. And I'm sure it just got a lot worse. Yeah. And, you know, when you're having, when you're giving and giving and giving and giving and you go home and the people that you're, you're working, supposed to be working for, you know, you're working to raise money or keep, earn a living yeah. so that you could have a family and have a relationship. About and it. They don't have any of you. Because you're exhausted. Yeah. There's nothing left for them. There's nothing left for yourself, much less to give anybody. And usually you take your frustrations out on them. And then... Yeah, because you're comfortable. You're safe with yeah. them. You they let get, your steam yeah. off with them. They get the worst. Yeah. I feel like that's such a, unfortunately, like familiar story of, like, we forget why we work. Mm-hmm. And 
if you think about your, your greater why, like, yes, I, I hope that most people have a job that fulfills them, that they love, they feel like they're giving back. But often when you feel the most fulfilled in your job is when you don't feel as fulfilled at home because you're giving everything to your job. Right. And we work and we work and we work, especially in our country and in our society. And then we go home to the people that we originally were doing this for. And we have nothing to give them. And right. We forgot, like, oh, the whole point of working is to enjoy life. But I'm working so much that I'm forgetting about all of these other aspects. Like, that story, I think it's so common and it's, it resonates with me. You know, like, I'm early in the workforce, but I can already see how work can take up the whole pie. Yes, it can. If you allow it, absolutely. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it comes also with you know, work ethic. It's just being raised in the family that I was raised in, you know, my, my father was born in 1929. So that mm-hmm. he's the youngest of 13 kids. So it was the work ethic of you. We didn't have, he was raised with nothing. You know, they didn't have anything. Great depression was a hard bounce back. My mother was a single child of, and a farmer in, in Kentucky. So 13 versus one. I know. Oh so God. funny. So I can't Share ever complain to my mother, you know, um, but she, you know, between the two of them, they, they lived very humbly. They were raised that way and they worked really, really hard. And so when we grew up, you know, we didn't have what every all the kids have these days. We didn't have electronics. We didn't have any of that kind of stuff. You know, if you wanted to play, you went out in the backyard, you grabbed a stick and you, you know, you figured it out. Or you hiked or you walked or you, you kind of made up your forts and that kind of stuff. But when I would go to work, when I first started working, my dad had... I'd come home from, you're not going to believe my first job. My first job was um, raking, I lived on a lake in New Jersey, so we'd have to go down and rake the beach in the morning before people would come for swimming lessons. Yeah. Well, we had Canada geese, so you had, I was a geese poop picker-upper. Oh, you could be used on DI. I might hire you. No, I will never do that again. Did enough. Uh Uh-uh. Did your duty. Now I really want to shoot those darn animals, but... Can't stand them. But yeah, so I used to pick up poop um, for the <laughs> I my first job. my career in picking up poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would rake the beach, you know. So that was what we did every morning. So I came home one day. My dad had mentioned, he said, um, he, oh, he had taken some of my siblings to swimming lessons after I had come home from work. And he said, so did you um, do the beach rake today? I said, yeah. He said, well, why didn't you do underneath the swing set? Because he had noticed that I didn't do under the swing set. Mm. And I said, um, because no one really uses the swing sets at swim at swim team or uh, swimming lessons. He said, you get paid to do a job. You do the job fully or you don't do the job. Ooh, he yeah. said, your boss is paying you to do a job and you have to give it 100%. And from that day on, it stuck with, you. It stuck with me. And sure enough, when I work a 12-hour shift... It was always 13 or whatever because I just couldn't go home. I'm just not that type of person. You know, once I go to work, I'm not in mom mode. I'm not in anything mode. Work I'm, in, I'm in work, work blinders. And if the boss says you need to be here, it was never a question. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, nowadays people start thinking like questioning, like, do I really need to be here? Do I really yeah. need to work these crazy shifts? Like, Can't we is, think this through a little differently? Like, I'm sure we can. Yeah. Is giving my all... I mean, I, I, I love the, the work ethic like 100%, but at what point is that 150%? Or like, what, what point are you taking away right. from the rest of your life when I think there's a, a, people are more comfortable with boundaries now 
some people like I'm leaving work and I'm not thinking about work. Right. Um, I think being like you own a business and, yeah. and managing people, I, I don't know if the lines really ever end. I think they're always a little blurred. They're always blurred. Yeah. And there's always a there's always something to be done if you don't set oh the, yeah never the line and say forget it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not answering the phone anymore. I'm not responding yeah. to text messages. I don't care what you said on social media. I'm putting the phone away because yeah. that's what and I have to do. it makes it so easy, too, because you always have your phone. Right. That you could always be, you know, in work mode or thinking about work, and it's just, we are more accessible than ever. Right. Which is great for business, but not great for your personal right. life. And that just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean we have to do it that way anymore. You know, retail doesn't really probably have to... Um, chew up their associates, you know, or their management team and make them work those crazy hours. Just because yeah. your salary doesn't mean your soul is owned, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot, how a lot of big box retailers um, still operate. Um, and you're replaceable. So who cares? We'll find some, you know, we'll pay them enough and there will be somebody else down the pike that will work. So if you don't want to, you know, make room for somebody else that will. And I don't think we really need to, you know, we don't have to do these huge incentive plans. We don't have to do these huge incomes just to keep and maintain people. Treat them well. Mm-hmm. Give them decent hours. Give them a work-life balance. Respect their time off. Um, teach them coping skills. Make it a place that's fun to come to work mm-hmm. or at least pleasant. They're growing themselves personally. Right. They enjoy it. And it's not... I think a big difference I see in like my parents' generation is... You get a job, very stable, your salary, you get really good benefits, but you work whenever they want you to. Right. And you don't really have set hours. You could be working until 7 every day. You could mm-hmm. be working on the weekends, but your salary, you got great benefits. And and a lot of times you can't even really use those benefits, you know, in the way that you were told that you can use them. And it's like, you know, at what cost? Right. Your whole life is work. Yeah. But also, I will say, like... I'm, I know a lot of people have worked really hard in those jobs and it's allowed them to provide for their families. Right. I just think there has to be a balance of like being able to provide for your family and also enjoy it with your family. Right. Um, and I think uh, we just, we give our all to work and then we are zombies. Yeah. I remember when I was taking a vacation, I, you know, I was doing very well financially as far as that goes making a, a great living that I wasn't living mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes exactly um in when I was in DC and you know we I was able to for the two-week vacation that we had for the entire year oh, you know goodness. I said okay and we had this great vacation and I remember my daughter my youngest one um she's 21 now but back then she must have been 13 but or you're so. such a fun mom I can uh, just tell I was <laughs> a fun mom but she just looked at me and said Mommy, I wish you didn't have to work. I don't want to take these vacations. I would give up these vacations if you could just be home with me. Ooh. So I was like, all right. Something's got to Something's got to give. So there's a whole bunch of little things that happen in life that kind of are your signals that say, if you're atten- paying attention to it and you're in tune to it, you know, sometimes you have to be smacked upside the head with a rock, but, you know, to, to wake you up. But if you see the little signs, um, so before they're really big signs, then yeah. you can make a life and you can make some changes and you can improve your health and you can improve your life and your life balance and bring balance into your work so that you can still do the job you love. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. that work shift work um, love their jobs. They are perfectly suited for their jobs and that so that they can't control that, but they can control how they bring 
peace and balance and self-worth and self-love into their current work situation. So some balance in the, the chaos. Yeah. What are some of those signals? It could be um, before it becomes health, really bad health yeah. signals. It could be that you're you're irritable. You're not sleeping. Your kids are saying things to you, or your spouse is saying things to you, or your significant other that um, is signaling that they're not happy in the way things are currently going. And it might not be that they're not happy with you. It's not that you know. It's that. They're not happy with the arrangement of how things are working. Yeah, Yeah. how you're present or not present. You might be physically there, but you're really not there. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be in your um, eating, your weight gain, your lethargic, your foggy, your brain fog. Because now you're when you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're not giving to yourself. You kind of just go into this. You might not necessarily think that you're in bad health, but your body is telling you, you need to wake up. Something's going on. You know, if you're, all of these things that used to be normal, or I should say, what you used to be normal is not existent anymore. And you're living your life in a bubble of stress and um, frustration and um, kind of just that fog of zombie-like living, see those things as warning signs. Mm. And warning signs that you can actually do something about. Yeah. I think a lot of times people think feeling, I mean, feeling that way is common. It doesn't have to be normal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel that way. They're like, well, it's just work and I'm going to wait till the weekend or like eventually I'm going to retire and then you're making a living, but you're not living it. Right. What were some of the signals that you got to tell you to make a change? Um... There were some physical ones and there were some mental and emotional ones. Definitely my, my daughter kind of, mm-hmm. you know, stabbing me in the gut, you know, with that one. Um, Thanks, kid. That was a hard one. You know, I, I started seeing I was just um, really stressed out to the point where my patience was non-existent. I was flashing out at people. I was having those um, those white knuckle moments. Mm-hmm. I said, this is I actually saw my knuckles when I was driving home and on the steering wheel. And I just said, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not where you should be. You you actually looked at, yeah, you would see these white knuckles. And I said, oh my gosh, I am gripping the steering wheel so hard. My neck is sore. My whole whole body. I got migraine headaches, you know, where I used to not have migraine headaches. You know, I said, you know, and I, that would put me out. Best quality sleep I got was lying in my closet trying to <laughs> recuperate from a migraine headache because I, my body finally said enough. You know, you're done. Yeah. Um, when I started, you know, when you have this whole thing going on in your life where you're kind of living under a gray cloud or you're living, mm-hmm. you kind of attract that just like you attract goodness when you start putting your mindset into positive things. All of a sudden the, the clouds start clearing and life starts becoming better. But you do the same in reverse. So when you live in the black cloud... You attract black cloud and you attract that to you um, in, the, in the negative side. Um, and my, I was about to tell you before we started actually the podcast that was my break, one of my breaking moments of realization like you have to change was I had a client in a customer in Northern Virginia um, and we happened to be out of ginger snaps. And, you know, we don't. I don't know why we were out of ginger snaps. How dare I you? couldn't tell you why. 
You know, we only carry like four hundred thousand yeah. items in the store. You know, who the heck knows? But the ginger snaps weren't there, um, so I got called up because the customer went like off the chain, kind of crazy. So they here's were somebody, white too. They were white knuckle yeah. too, um, and so I come up there, and the person behind the poor customer service clerk behind the counter was <laughs> like waving at me, like "Stop, Mary, stop!" Crazy, crazy! You're trying to give me signals, like he's losing it. Trying to give me some kind of, you know, warning. So I go up there and I was asking him what's going on. And he starts slamming on the counter of, you know, how could you be out of ginger snaps? I watch Jeopardy every day at 7 o'clock. I have to have my ginger snaps. How dare you have it? And he had a bat, you know, the green shopping baskets that are Mm -hmm. common in Harris Cheaters. Um, And he had a bunch of food in there. So he starts throwing green cans of green beans at me. His, uh, everything he had there. His produce. He he had... um, a bottle of soda, two liter bottle of soda. He threw no. that at me. He was throwing, it he was throwing <laughs> literally. He was like five feet away from me, throwing them at me. So I'm backing up and I'm telling the comment, call 911. For sure. I yeah. said, this guy has lost it. But, um, <laughs> you know, you can't control crazy. <laughs> you just kind of want to decompress the situation. But at that moment, I went into this death calm where I was just like, mm. no amount of money is worth my self-worth right now. This man is throwing stuff at me. Green beans. And, I mean, he hit me in the head, so, you know, oh with one of the cans, and the, you know, the EMS had to come and, like, glad a little cut in my head, but it was, like, it was crazy. But, so the man, just so everyone knows, that the guy got arrested <laughs> for assault. We're good. Just on his side. He's not on the streets. But he's not on the streets. Well, he probably back is very quickly. <laughs> Hopefully they never run out of ginger snaps ever again. Yeah. Um, so that he can watch his Jeopardy at seven o'clock. Um, but it was that death calm that kind of was like, okay, this is where your life is. Do you really want to continue yeah. here? It's like an out of body experience. It was. Like, you're in shock. You're getting green beans thrown at you. And then you're looking at yourself like, I'm getting green beans thrown at yeah. me. How did I, what, what was, is it Shrek? Where it's like, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Zooms out, and you're just standing there in a Harris Teeter on, like, a Tuesday afternoon, and someone's throwing green beans at you, and, like, I imagine you just had this, like, oh, wait, like, I don't have to do this anymore. I said, I won't do this anymore. This is crazy. And, you know, I could, kind of out of body, and I said, you know, if I was a customer looking at this scene (laughs) unfolding in front of me, I would be scared, but also, like, how dare someone treat her like oh, that? Treat you know, anyone like that? Yeah. Um, and I said, no one should be subject. I said, how embarrassing. I have to go home and tell my kids what happened to me today. What did they say? <laughs> like, of course, we tell a joke. We laugh at it now because, you know, that's kind it's of our... It's so absurd. Right. But it's our sh- little shtick. We yeah. are a very sarcastic family. We, mm-hmm. we make fun of each other and we tease each other and, and then we giggle about it and... Um, we needle each other. We don't ever let anyone forget anything. Great. So, <laughs> but it's fun. You know, now we laugh at it. But I don't ever want someone to be, feel like they have no way out or no coping skills for that situation because yeah. you don't have to live like that. Well, and that's what, like, throughout your whole story, what I really hear a lot of is resilience and being able to adapt. And so, like, you had already gone through possibly one of the hardest things to go through, like, separating, divorce, taking your four kids, moving somewhere else, completely relocating your life. At that point, you're like, you know what? I can do anything. If I can do that, then I don't have to get hit by green beans. Yeah. And 
like you, it seemed like you just kind of have this, you already had that skill right? Uh, and that like trust in yourself that I bet a lot of people don't maybe know that they have, or they've, they've never had to use it before. Right. And it takes a traumatic experience and trauma is going to be different for every single person or what they feel is their, you know, ultimate boulder that yeah. has knocked them down. Um, and I'm sure my situation might be minimal in, in view to somebody else that's really encountered hard things. So yeah. I don't kind of, I don't ever try and compare apples to apples in that regard, but whatever it happens to be that's you're facing in life and you're trying to overcome, it is hard. Whatever it is, it's your hard. Um, and finding that path out of that hard and all of the benefits that come from building your inner drive and your inner person and your inner fortitude is just amazing. Really is. That whole empowering, you know, here, you know, I am woman, hear me roar type of a uh, feeling. Like, you know what? I know no matter what, I won't allow um, myself to be undermined or degraded mm-hmm. like that again. And I don't ever want my children to be put in that situation where they feel like they've got no out. I don't care how hard it is, there's always an out and there's always a better re- a better way. Yes, it might be very difficult. Yes, it's going to be very scary. Yes, it's going to be challenging. And it's going to have its own um, rubbles and blocks and boulders that you have to climb over and, and figure out. Sometimes you have to d- dig underneath to go around. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You just got to figure it out and see what works for you. And sometimes it takes a partner to help you figure that out. Yeah. Life is full of those challenges, mm-hmm. no matter what. No matter right. what you choose. So, like, you might as well choose wisely. Because, yeah. you know, you could be having agreements thrown at you, and that's a challenge. Or, you know, relocating across the U.S., that's a challenge. But if I think if you're, you know, always making the, the decision, like, Knowing, like, I've been through some shit, and I can get through even more. I think what you said about, like, self-worth and the dignity, and I'm worth more than this, and I can have a better life than this, and I don't have to suffer through this anymore, then you can really see, like, all of your other options. Right. And make the decision not based on, oh, well, I've always done it this way, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be hard. Like, choose your heart. Right. And you can do hard things. Right. I think that's such an empowering message. And it's, you know, it's also in a a world of social media um, and the pressures that social media puts on people to conform to whatever is acceptable in their little circle of the world. um, You know, that's a hard thing to break free of, especially when you have come into your own to realize that this body that I'm currently in, um, not physically, but, you know, the person I've become to my family and my role in my world, but doesn't fit me anymore and how do I change that without affecting that ripple effect of possibly losing my friends or possibly my spouse not liking the changes that I make in myself or because they want to keep me in my little bubble that I've always Mm -hmm. been in Um, so those things are hard steps to take those first steps are really really hard I think as humans we really want to minimize discomfort yeah avoid uncertainty and avoid discomfort so much that we often make these decisions that like don't fully allow us to grow or to be who we really want to be because we're just living a life of like someone described it to me as playing whack-a-mole uh-huh. you're so focused <laughs> on whack-a-mole and fixing this and I don't want to feel this and what if this happens that you don't look to your left and see what your life could be right so you're so busy 
trying not to fail rather than trying to succeed. Correct. It's almost just like a different perspective. This Mary that was driving four hours a day, it was white knuckling it, it was getting hit with cans. I mean, I still can't get over that. <laughs> what do you wish you could tell her? What do you wish you could tell that person? I wish I could shake her up um, years before that um, so that she didn't miss, you know, raising her own kids, you know, and having the nannies know more about the, her kids' lives than herself. It's also, but it's that bonding the friendship, that bonding and communication with my kids that I missed out on too, you know. They only know me now as an adult. They don't, they never knew me really as a, as a parent. So I think I probably would love that Mary back then to realize that um, the truly important things in life, and that's not the income, it's not the title. It's not the little name plaque on your outside of your door or the vacations that you can take or the clothes that you wear. It's all about how you feel about yourself and how connected you are with those people that you brought into this world and that you are related to, not biologically necessarily or blood related, but your closest friends mm-hmm. and those people that are those cherished possessions in your world or you know those little gold gems in your life. Um, that focus your time and energies on you and them more so than on what the world wants you to think is important. Yeah. How do you help your clients with that now? We do it baby steps. Help the world with that now, actually? Yes, I I really could. I really wish I could. Um, But, you know, anyone can start. It's figuring out, you know, when I go through an assessment with a client, every single person is different. So, and what their goals are different and what place they are, um, where they currently are. Um, They might come to me thinking that they want to improve something simple like, well, I'm coming to you because I want to learn how to lose weight. Well, that's not going to, that's not really a good enough goal because that's not going to be sustainable. You are not going to stick with anything if that's your goal. Mm-hmm. What is it that weight that you are putting the character or putting the name of weight on, how is that really making your life better? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Where What's the real why? So we spend a lot of time in the beginning kind of peeling back the onion, mm-hmm. and we're always crying at the end, oh, yeah. you know, always, because that's when we really get to the real root. Because what's care. Right. Yeah. What's really going on? Um, and then we kind of, depending on what box it falls into, whether it's in the social bracket or it's the family bracket or the relationships or finances or, or health, um, whatever part of life that's out of whack and out of balance, we just start focusing on that and we start crafting a plan and partnership as far as, okay, this is the goal. This is what you really want. Now let's reverse engineer it. Let's figure out what we can do. Now we, we learn coping mechanisms for stress, if that's part of the plan, or we learn about how to choose things wiser in the grocery store. You know, a lot of times I'll teach um, people that are trying to eat healthier how to read a nutrition label. Mm-hmm. You know, basics. It's all basics that what is this polysorbate 40 or what's, you know, what are all these things? Why are you eating that? Mm. Think about it. Instead of just eating to eat or running through a drive through which are fine in and of themselves, on, but not every day. Um, learn about sustainable farming. Learn about, we live in such a great place, you know, with mm-hmm. all of these farms around us. Um, but it could be reading labels. It could be um, learning stress coping mechanisms. It could be how to improve your sleep. You know, taking a look at just simply how their houses are 
um, laid out. Where's their furniture? How, how much clutter do they have around mm-hmm. them? What are their nightly routines? Do they have a routine? Um, do you have to drink alcohol be- to help you fall asleep? Now let's stop doing that and let's try and do these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, learning how to deep breathe, how to take time out of, take a three minute break, you know, several times a day during your work day just to do deep breathing belly exercises, something to take your body out of the constant stress and help you reprogram. Tell them, um, try and help them figure out how to pick up a book and start reading, even if it's just three paragraphs, you know, for a day and work from there. Something that they enjoy and it takes them out. Um, we talk, we do some creative writing. We talk about budgeting. We do, oh my gosh, we do so much stuff. It sounds um, like you really work from the inside out. Too. Absolutely. Like it's interesting. I think a lot of people miss or they don't achieve their goal because like I want to lose weight. They're attacking that or like in our world, like I want to get out of pain. And so pain is the outcome. Weight is the outcome. And when you really figure out the why, right, then you can attack the why. Yep. So, okay, well you want to feel better you want to be able to, to move in this way, or you want to be able to do that. You want to be able to feel healthier. You want to be able to eat this way. Like, let's do those things first. Let's do the things that you care about yep. and the real reason behind, you know, why you're trying to attack this one thing. Right. And I imagine, you know, especially when you started bringing up furniture, I was like, you must have to know these people really well <laughs> at this point, like to really almost get like a really big picture and understanding of their life to figure out where they're kind of missing the boat. Right. And you can't see the forest through the trees. You know, when you're stuck yeah. in the, the muck, you don't know, you know, how to lift your foot out and keep your shoe on at the same time. You know, it's just, it is the way it is. So it definitely helps. I ask a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I really do. I don't give a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. I give a lot of, de- I, I ask a lot of questions and I lead my clients to their own solutions because I want them to make the change. It's not, hey, I want you to eat this at this time, this kind of thing, mm-hmm. whatever. I teach them so that they have the skills to make better choices. And if, I, if I'm asking the right questions and digging deep enough, they come to their own realizations mm-hmm. and they come to their own game plan. Because when at the end of the day, it's them that has to make the change. And I want the change to be sustainable and long lasting. I don't want them to, to learn how to eat so they can lose weight for a wedding. That's, yeah. not, that's not a health goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, I want to look good for whoever I'm going to be, who's going to be seeing for the picture me. I'm posting on yes, for the, yeah, that's not going to make a difference in your life. That's not a life long sustainable. You think it is, like, right? In that moment, you think right. that's the only thing that matters, and then it goes by, and you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have right. made that such a big deal. Like, yeah. what did you miss out on? Because you were just trying to lose weight for that one, you know, summer barbecue beach event. You know, like how, yeah, I see it. So it's so nice to have somebody that says, okay, like I'll lead them to certain, I'll keep asking them questions based on what they say and let them dig deep. So kind of like psychology almost in there, you know, where I'm just, I'm just listening Mm -hmm. and I'm letting them talk because most times people don't have someone that actually listens to them. Mm -hmm. You know, we all talk, we all post stuff, but we scroll. So Mm -hmm. our attention span isn't on really what's being said. It's seen, making a, making a oh, decision in your head, and done. Yeah. Yeah. So our, we've lost the ability to sit and just chat with each other. And how impactful having a deep conversation with someone who's really just listening. 
not judging, you know, and that's the best yeah. thing about being a health coach is they can open up to me and tell me stuff and I don't care what they tell me. It's not going to make or break how I feel about them. It's not going to break. It's just lightening a load that they've probably mm. not verbalized outside to anyone. Um, and then I try and let them create, okay, what's our next step? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix that? What are you willing to do? I'm not going to give you a to-do list. You're going to give yourself a manageable um, little bits and pieces because short, sustainable, um, long-term um, sustainability comes in little these little short steps and these little nuggets that you can improve and change in your life, not doing it all at once. Mm-hmm. What do you do when someone says, Mary, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. And then I take, well, it depends on what their, what their issue is. And I go back to the questions as far as, um, what is the goal? You just mentioned that you wanted to do X, Y, Z because it was important for you to be able to see your grandkids, mm-hmm. um, to have time to see your grandkids or to um, be a more prominent figure in your, your grandkids' life or what, whatever it happens to be, I try and get back to their root. Mm-hmm. I keep bringing them back to, because they do know, they absolutely know, they're just not willing to see it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not willing to verbalize what's really going on in their head, they do know. Yeah. They just, they yeah, want to shut sure. it down. We want to stay away. They're not ready for that yet. So we'll, we kind of, we'll deviate, we'll go around, we'll work work around, we'll ask some different questions, we'll go to different topics. And we'll, usually by the time we come back to whatever it is that they don't know, then now they know. They know. So Because like, oh, they just answered it for themselves. The so it's, it's there. It's just they need somebody to help them pull it out mm-hmm. and be able to say it and be like, whew, I said that, I'm good. Yeah, I like this idea, mm-hmm. you know. And then all of a sudden, their their mood brightens, their face brightens, their their energy levels up. It's just amazing when they when people watching them come into their own. Mm. Yeah, and it's like I'm ready to take this on. Oh, good! I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. How do you take this idea? Not even idea, but this practice of health and wellness coaching, and how do you put that into being a parent, being a manager, being a business owner. Like if we really are talking about work-life balance, I think so often we prioritize wellness like for our clients. Right. How do you prioritize it in your relationships and your family and also like in your employees, yeah. your team? Um, for taking the personal side, because the personal side um, is always my primary focus. So I have, I invest time in myself by... I'm up at 4, 4 to 4.30 every single morning. And that's just, that's my time. Mm-hmm. I can quiet. I can do my mantras. I can do my breath work. I can do my mindset. I have to set my mindset mm-hmm. from the minute I wake up. Um, because I'm just innately kind of a pessimist. So I, I know that. Because you like sarcasm. I do. So it's a so great like, yes. thing to have, but I understand. Yes, yeah, so I can easily <laughs> slide into that pity party. Um, and get stuck there. So, because I've been there, I was there forever. You know, most of my life I was in that whole mode. But so I know that. So I set my day with positive affirmations, with mantras, with my breath work, and that's just my quiet time. I have my cup of coffee. There's no lights on in the house. You know, the dogs are snoring. I'm good. No, we have dogs. Too. <laughs> what kind of dogs? I have a, a mutt. She's okay. a rescue. She's great. I just, 
She's this wiry kind of, she's definitely part terrier. Mm. She's the smartest dog ever. She's great. And then I have an English bulldog who oh, keeps wow. us all awake all night long because he's just next door. I love. <laughs> That's great. God, he's so great. And the drool is gross. And oh, we have a boxer. Don't ever come over to my house if you expect to have clean floors because they won't ever exist in my house. It just doesn't happen. Not one of my priorities. There you go. Um, but so for myself, I'm up at up for 4.30 every morning. I'm working out at 6 in the morning every morning. And then my day starts. Um, I have um, set meetings, uh, well, meetings, I have a set time and it's actually on my computer, my calendar that's blocked off that it's my time to call my kids. So I have three days a week that I have blocked off that all my kids know I'm calling. So on different days, that I get different kids on different days. I love, I just want to take a moment, you're scheduling it. Oh, absolutely. Because I think so many people think, oh, once you schedule it, it becomes work. But I think what we're trying to do here is prioritize our personal lives the way that we prioritize and schedule and organize mm-hmm. our work lives. So like, heck yes, it's on the Google Calendar. Yeah, it is. I have to. You have to make space for it. You know, you have something on the schedule because it shows importance. Yes. If you don't schedule your family, they become unimportant or they become less important and less valued and you don't have the time. You run out of time because if it's not on the calendar, something somehow it does. Is. Yeah, something yeah. else is going to happen. Um, so yes, I have it on the calendar and I schedule with my kids and we have scheduled time. Um, cause they're not, you know, only one lives with me still, the rest are all out of the house. So, um, I make time to have those. I also have on the calendar, we have date night three times a week, my husband and I. So even if I have to work and I'm working, uh, every store, um, in my manager role, We'll, he'll come over. That's why I take my I take a lunch break or dinner break, you know, and we'll eat locally or whatever it happens to be. Um, and that's our time together. So I make sure that he's always there mm-hmm. and, it, and it has a time slot because he works, you know, mm-hmm. he's a contractor. So he doesn't work Great weekends for, you know, yeah. yeah, but, you know, he's more consistent where mine is not as much. Mm-hmm. So because I work where, when my clients need them, because, you know, I do have clients that are international. So sometimes my, my call with them is eight o'clock at night, you know, so it all kind of depends. But so I put my family on the schedule, 100%. They're always there. So I see my kids and talk to my kids more than I've ever had any kind of relationship. On Sunday mornings, um, I know some people are going to probably not like this, but I don't go to church. I'm not one of these but I were allowed to say that. <laughs> but my spirituality is kayaking on Shem Creek. So I drop in, I go to Simmons, um, and I drop the kayak in, and it's just me, the dolphins, the the pelicans, and the water. The sunrise coming up. I do first thing in the morning. That's my aha moment. So that's where I'm able to t- tap into my spirituality side, so that I can. I can be thankful for all the things I do. And that's kind of what I do. I kind of go through a thankful thing as I'm paddling where I really focus on how, who came into my life that, that week, how was I able to impact them? How did they impact Mm -hmm. me? And did I express to them how grateful I was for the impact they made on me? And then if I didn't, I go back and make sure I I thank them. And it could be a personal note. It could be, and I do handwritten notes to everybody. Um, I love it. So um, I'll put something personal and either in, I'll do a text, I'll do a phone call, I'll do a handwritten note, just making sure that that person knows that they impacted me and made a difference in my life because I always just want to be grateful for the impact that people are adding to me. And then 
for my employees, um, again, it's it's listening, it's understanding, it's um, realizing that yes, there's rules and regulations, but there's also a human aspect mm -hmm. to work. So if they need something or if they want something or if they need an adjustment in the schedule, I am more than willing to make accommodations in that regard. But it's also, um, we have in our break room a huge wall of um, appreciation. Mm -hmm. And it's just shout outs to, you know, did somebody do something nice? You know, shout out to somebody that came and helped you out or, you know, made you feel really good when you were down today or however they made an impact. I really bring awareness to my staff and I want them to start learning to live in a grateful mm -hmm. um, and present mindset so that they can give themselves and others um, honest, loving and timely feedback because it's from the heart. That's, I mean, that's the business we're in. It's giving people parts of ourselves mm. Um, but I want them to also get recognition and feel like they're being um, not only appreciated by the one person that they interacted, but from everybody else that, that by, by sharing that and knowing it. Um, things, and we also do things as a team. We, I think every single month, it's really important for my team to do something together, and we mm -hmm. do that. So like we'll close the store take a day off. We, we did bowling. We're doing a catamaran um, oh, trip. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, where we have plans on doing um, axe throwing one night oh, at yeah. that axe throwing place that's in town. Um, we did uh, a, um, oh, what's it called when you go do the, the locked rooms? Oh, escape room. Escape room. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> um, sorry, age is hitting me there. But yeah, you know, we try and do something fun. So that we're connecting on a social aspect and it's not just a work, you know, mm -hmm. because we rely on each other so much. It's nice to be us. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to not be your title. It's yeah. just to be a human being. Yeah, I think that's where work is changing so much is that it used to be you must show up as a professional and between these hours you are this person. And I think what we've seen and realized is that you're just a human and you're a human coming to work. But as we're trying to make work still a part of the pie but not impeding on the other pieces of the pie, we have to accept that people are coming into work with personal shit. Yep. People have struggles. People have things that are going really well. And I think there's this like idea that you have to separate the personal and you have to be professional and you have to be the boss. And then at 6 p.m. you get to be friends. And it's like, that's not how humans work right. anymore. And I, I feel like, I don't know if it was COVID or what, but I it just feels like that's changing. Thank God it's changing because <laughs> it needed to. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if it's Sweden or Holland or whatever, you know, the, they owe Finland maybe. They have this quality of life that is just absolutely amazing, you know, and all of these reports that come out each year that talk about where's the best, where do people, the residents of feel like is the best place to live? And they're always at the top. The, and what is it, Sweden, Finland? It's either Sweden or Finland, I believe. Um, I have a friend that uh, lives in Finland. And they have, like, it's, they even change it to where that it's four-day work weeks. Yeah. It's, you know, no one works. You're not allowed to take any phone calls or business calls or emails after a certain time. You know, it's just they have forced the work, the employers, to allow their employees mm -hmm. to have a balance. And by forcing the business owners to not go for the money all the time and mm -hmm. realize that, you know what, you're going to get more money if your people are happier. And more life enjoyment. Yeah. You know, if if the only outcome, if the only target is money, 
Well, then, like, America's, well, America's not doing great, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> wait, we're still not doing great. But, like, if that's the only measure of success, then oftentimes people see, okay, more work, new clients, more this, more that, rather than, like, more enjoyment, more satisfaction, more relationships. And it's funny that we talk about balance when, like, how many hours of our lives are spent on work versus, you know, you go home at five or six or sometimes later than that. And you're sleeping and eating. Like, if we really are bringing in balance, like, we've got to work less. Yeah. But, like, at least in these countries, maybe Sweden and Finland, they're doing it, like, across the board. Right. I think it's really hard to make those decisions um, in our country because no one else is doing it. Right. Or at least we don't. There are some companies now starting to do it. So it's like, we're not all, like, collectively accepting okay, we're going to all lower this amount. It's like, oh, if you lower that amount, then now you're in a deficit. Right. Now you're the one doing something wrong and you're going to suffer and then you won't make as much money because we're still hustling over here. Right. There's um, this hustle culture, which like I love the hustle because I love the work ethic, work, work ethic and working hard and, you know, earning it. But then does that ever end? No, it won't ever end. It, and... The minute you fall off the wagon, guess what? There's somebody right there to pick up the slack and replace you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not. It's I don't think it's ever going to change. If So we have to create it ourselves. We have yeah. to figure out. Um, you know, Even though you had mentioned a few minutes ago about you know, you're working all of these hours, but what's your life balance? You know, helping those people that have to work because that's what their job entails them to. You know, working the 60 plus hours a week or the shift work. Finding those little nuggets of time that they can rearrange what is typically done off duty mm. or when, excuse me, when they're not <coughs> not working or with their home. I have something in my throat. You're fine. <laughs> you need some cold <coughs> room. <laughs> yeah, I need some cold room. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> I'm going to try and talk, but I don't know if it will, if it'll work. <clears throat> the, um, those nuggets of time where you can... Do your shopping online mm. while you're, for example, I'm going to take a police officer I was working with. <clears throat> he did the overnight shifts and he's sitting in his car a lot. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, so he's eating, you know, garbage food mm-hmm. that he, nothing's open. So he's takeout or, you know, he doesn't ever bring his lunch because he's like, it's just sitting in my car. I don't have a refrigerator to keep it in. Yeah. So I have to get it on while I'm out and there's nothing open. So this is what I eat. <clears throat> but he says... You know, when I go home, I don't have any time for the kids. The wife's on my, um, wife's on my ass. <laughs> yeah, um, we know. Sorry, I'm cursing. Um, <laughs> the um, and I just I can't do it. You know, I yeah. just don't. What do they want from me? I don't have the time when I'm home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about this. What downtime do you have where you're not necessarily impacting your job performance, mm-hmm. but you're using that time? Why don't you order? Food on Amazon. Do the Instacart thing mm-hmm. so that you know the groceries get delivered when somebody's home. You don't have to be the one that does the grocery shopping, but you can help out the person who usually does the grocery shopping and do it online. You're um, looking at your kids' things if they have some kind of online thing that they're doing. You know, they, mm-hmm. now a lot of schools have online portals where the kids oh. have homework and that okay. kind of stuff. Um, so he logged into his kids' online school portal and he was like, "Ah." Oh, I can actually check their work and check their thing. And then I can have comments for them for when they wake up. I can send them a little email or a little text message mm-hmm. and that they know that he cared. 
he looked. Mm -hmm. To them, it makes a difference because dad looked at, mm -hmm. you know, dad cared enough to go in. That's how they read it. Um, there's things that you can do um, with your schedule during those downtimes that can free up what is what has always been perceived as things that you have to do off at home at home yeah so finding those little opportunities and I think it helps if you write down and this is really eye-opening um, little to do thing but you write down every single thing that you have to do mm -hmm. both work related and like what your day is work related and mm -hmm. I know the shift workers that I work with, there's there's never a consistent day. They don't know what's about to yeah, happen. Yeah, they don't know what's going to happen in their lives. Um, so that, But they do have tasks they have to do during their daytime, during their shift. And then there's also those things that have to happen at night mm -hmm. or happen when they're off duty and, and home that their family expects them to do. And then it's analyzing what do I really have to do myself. Yeah, today. Yeah. And what can I pawn off? Mm -hmm. What doesn't have to happen? What... Can we possibly service out or what can we just eliminate or what can that can we move any of these home tasks into the day into your work time zones um, without impacting your job or your job yeah. security <laughs> um, but get done during those bits of downtime so that when you go home that's free time so now you can sleep a little longer or you can eat a meal with your family and, and actually Be present present and communicate yeah. with them um, can you um, take your lunch time at a dip your lunch break because when you work retail there's everything is lunch and it's never <laughs> at a normal hour like, so yeah, it's 10 a.m take you your lunch break. meal your meal break whatever it happens to be at a time where maybe you could pop home you know we don't live in a really horrible um I know people are going to disagree with me, but traffic here isn't all that bad. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> um, so, it could much be worse. so much worse. Really so that you can bad. get places in a 15 minute time frame. Mm -hmm. So can you buzz home? Can you catch your family if you're working an overnight shift when mm -hmm. they're waking up just to kiss them goodnight or just kiss them good morning and wish them well mm -hmm. and then buzz back out again? You know, make a phone call at that time and, and connect with them. Maybe you do a video call with them so they can see your face and that they're you're connecting with them. So there's little things that you can do to improve your quality of life and make a difference in your world that don't necessarily have to rewrite the wheel or switch careers. Yeah, you don't have to get a completely new job or quit. Yeah. Move to Sweden. Yeah, you don't have to do that. What would you tell someone as the, their first step to exploring work-life balance? Um, they need to figure out, first thing is, what is the number one area that is that they have to deal with first? You know, you, you have to prioritize your problems. You can't attack everything all at once because a lot of them are all interconnected. Mm -hmm. So where's your biggest pain point? And let's start there. And once we start eliminating the biggest pain point, or at least alleviating some of the pain from that pain point, and making things a little better, it trickles down. So it kind of does a waterfall effect into other aspects of their lives. Um, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Sometimes they'll come back and they'll say, hey, you know, I changed that, but guess what was a result that came out of it, you know, some other aspect of their life. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one little change or that starting at that first pain point is, um, and it's identifying, it's not, it might not be what you really think it is. So we, we typically will have a nice long discussion that first time and we're just getting to know each other. We're just kind of talking, but I can usually hear bits of themes 
that keep resonating, keep coming up in their in their dialogue. I'm like, let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's go into that and let's see where that takes us. We kind of go down rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And it might take a couple of calls before we actually figure out yeah. the first thing that we're going to tackle because they might not know what it is and they might not realize um, they think they might want to start with XYZ, but we need to actually start with ABC mm-hmm. um, and to get there. So... Um, that's something that is kind of an internal, if they want to first start before anything else, you know, it's write down uh, a simple exercise would be write write down what is really great in your life, Mm -hmm. kind of doing like an assessment of what's really great in your life and what really sucks. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, what really sucks, is there something in that what sucks that is causing maybe other things to suck? So you might have one aspect of your life that is the the point that is causing the ripple effect in other aspects of suckiness in your in your yeah. particular situation. So just assess your life. Yeah. First, it's just a I simple mean, little life assessment. Yeah, you know. But it's you know just kind of like when you're in a little kid and you're dating. You know, you like check oh your box. Gosh. Do you like me? Yes or no. Yeah. You know what do you like about them? What are your likes or what are your dislikes? You know. Yeah. What are things? Because this is a person like especially if you're dating or you want to marry. You know, can you live with the really crap list? Are they, are they um, the deal breakers or are they just personality conflicts that you're like, okay, I can, I can, <laughs> I can roll with that. I can handle that. He can go out with his friends and do that thing, and I, I, I can do this here. Or that's, you know, that's a trait that is not going to work for me long term. Yeah, we don't often spend time thinking about our lives. I think we just kind no. of go through motions. Yeah, and we, we make. We take steps, we make changes, but how often do we really get to zoom out and think, like, what do I want in mm-hmm. life? Like, what is it that I want? I think that's, like, probably, to me, the most overwhelming is figuring out how you want to show up. Like, almost figuring out that deeper vision, mission, value. And then, because once you have that, like, you can start to make decisions and actions based right. on that. And I see, like, talking to you, it seems like you have a lot of it figured out. Like it seems like you have I think so, thought I'm, about it a I'm lot. Always, yeah, so I, I've definitely thought about it a lot. I'm, yeah. I'm a constant work in progress because, you know, as we grow and we experience mm-hmm. things, we change because things make an impact on our lives and how we see yeah. things. Um, and what we think we can tolerate might not necessarily be tolerable anymore. So, mm. you know, as you change, you're like, you know, that doesn't fit me anymore. I yeah. got to move on. But I'm much easier now to be able to pivot mm. and make those adjustments. And I'm not as fearful of them. As uh, I used to be, I'm much more confident in what I do and what I, how I live my life. And I, it fits me 100%, but when it doesn't, I make the adjustments. Time to move on. Yeah. How, what has helped you figure out this bigger mission, vision of your life? How did you get there? (laughs) (laughs) Help. (laughs) Help. It's just, I think it was, um... Just when you're when you're so far down, and you're so sad, and well, for me it was anyway. Um, and I realized that there was there was no me. I was mm-hmm. just a shell. I really was just a body, but I had I wasn't giving anything. I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't allowing myself to receive anything, and I really didn't feel worthy enough to feel like I had anything to give or receive. So, um, even though when I 
stepped out on my own with the, with the kids, um, I knew that what I was doing there was really for their protection. So I really wasn't doing it for me, although it was the best thing for me. Um, that wasn't my motivation. I just knew that, you know, as any mother will do, that you will protect your kids and you will do whatever you have to for them. And leaving, there was no option. So fear beside myself, it just didn't matter. It just, I had to do what I had to do. But as that, um, as life kind of stabilizes, that, you know, thing healed itself. All of the other things needed attention and needed work. And it was just a lot of self-search. It was a lot of um, opening vulnerability. You know, I I don't hide anything really on social media. I don't really, I am who I am. Um, I, I stay away from social media when things are hard mm-hmm. because I don't want to put something out there that's a false narrative. And I don't want to be, uh, come across as um, living a life that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So... And some people don't handle negativity very well or, or vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I so I'd rather just kind of be a recluse for a little bit. I'm gonna work, do my self work, mm-hmm. do my internal work, and then I'll come back out and share what I learned yeah. with everybody else. Um, but I'm just at the point now in life that if my life experiences and the hardships that I've had to endure and overcome can help somebody grow and heal and and better themselves. I'm all for being an open book. Yeah. So it was worth it. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And you wonder like why you have those experiences, you know, and I think those experiences like make you so much stronger and so much more resilient and able to conquer this. And they give you skills that, you didn't even really think that you needed. And mm-hmm. then turns out like you realize you can help a lot of other people that are going through that. Yeah. You know, like I think we're all just living life, experiencing things. We all have different gifts, like so that we can give back and help other people. Mm-hmm. And if we're so caught up in trying you know, not to make a mistake or trying, you know, only just to make money, I think we're kind of missing out on like, I don't like it weird here but like our greater purpose yeah <laughs> you know yeah. as a human can you tell me about restore hyper wellness so we yeah. have not gotten to talk about it yet. oh that's okay um you know my health coaching business led me to restore um i was the uh i was actually approaching them for a partnership mm. because when i learned of them they were open in west ashley first mm-hmm. um the when I approached them, I wanted to try and um, somehow be a referral partner with them because mm-hmm. I wanted to take their unbelievable wellness approach of you know bringing wellness modalities to people to help them improve their lives um, because I could see that my clients could easily benefit from mm-hmm. that because as my clients um, start improving their health and their wellness and they start really taking care of themselves all of a sudden they start working out some more they start taking care of themselves they start um seeking alternatives to what pill can i take today to numb the pain or to help me sleep or whatever and they start really improving their health and their wellness their their entire life Mm -hmm. um, for their physical body and that's where restore excels in and i just i love that so when i approached them they were Unbeknownst to me, they were um, going to be opening the mm-hmm. North Mount Pleasant store in Oakland Market. 
and the owner was in the store that day when I was talking to the store manager and I was talking to her about myself and that kind of stuff. And I'd been there a couple times and the store manager, uh, the owners was like, um, asked about, asked a little bit about me. I told him I had a retail background and all that kind of stuff. And my little journey that took me to health coaching. And he said, would you be interested in managing our store? And I'm like, Oh, huh. Okay. You know, it was COVID. So it was post COVID. Yeah. So Things with my business were slow. They were only, you know, I'm 54, so now I'm 54. But I really wasn't that great with technology. So trying to do all this Zooming stuff was a little overwhelming for me. You know, I get a little frustrated. I want to take my computer. I probably went through a couple computers. I think I threw them across the room (laughs) a couple times. I do have a hole in my uh, dresser drawer from me throwing the computer at it. Oh, my gosh. Um, My grandma will will forgive me, I hope. (laughs) Um, But because it was her dresser. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, not her computer. Not I her assume. computer. Yeah. The uh, so when I said sure, I'll try that. You know, something else to do. I they told me, hey, you get to use the modalities for free. I'm like, hell yeah, right. that works for me. Okay. Um, you know, because at this point I'm an athlete, so I'm doing triathlons. I'm I'm doing the mud races. Yeah. I'm, I'm all into health and fitness, mm-hmm. so I'm really taking care of myself, um, and I'm encouraging my clients to live a healthy lifestyle, and. You know, the whole philosophy or the mission for Restore is to try and help people, their tagline is do more. Mm -hmm. So it's what can you improve in your life so that you can do more, whatever that happens to be, whether it's walking around the block where you've never been able to do that before or getting down on the floor because your hips don't hurt anymore or your knees don't hurt anymore to play with the kids or take care of them or pick them up in the air or... Um, not get out of bed and feel achy pain and that kind of stuff, or to just look younger, feel younger, and have more energy. Um, so I said, sure, I'll do that. You know, I it's a whole new... I'm always willing to try something new. And little did I know what I was taking on. But because um, working for retail in the past, I was just working for retail. You know, I was just... I'd come in, I'd do my job and leave. Well, this company doesn't have a presence here. So they don't... No one knows what... Restore does. Okay. So I was responsible for marketing. all of the grassroots marketing. Yeah. And again, no tech savvy. So I'm like, Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> social media. I'm like, oh my God, I suck at this. I don't know anything. <laughs> but what I really loved, thankfully, they hired um, a girl as my assistant manager who just graduated from the Citadel. And oh, Melanie? Yes, yeah. I God, love her. I miss her. <laughs> Melanie, if you listen oh. to this podcast, I'm, I miss you so much. Oh. Um, Melanie has since moved on to, um, she's just left for California to finish her yeah, um, fifth awesome. year of college and doing uh, playing her last year of soccer mm-hmm. out in UC Barbara in California. But um, So she handled all the social media, but I got yeah. to do an aspect that I had never really done. I did it a little bit for my business, but it was all networking, you know, mm-hmm. meeting all the other business owners, researching them, trying to build those partnerships, and then trying to weave a fabric of restore into the community, into the mm-hmm. wellness space, um, which was so much fun. And I've met so many people. That's how I met you guys. Um, but so with Restore, I get to take, and I kind of created the store to be however I wanted to, you know, the, the owners are in Hilton Head and in Chicago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they were just like, you know, they trust me to run the store and set it up. Um, so I wanted to start it, um, with the idea of making it different. I don't want it. I didn't want Restore my studio to be a service-based business, although it is, but I wanted it to be a wellness driven space service. So when they come in, when any client comes in, first thing we talk about is what is your health goal? What brought you into this store? So I'm 
kind of doing my health coaching yeah. anyway. So it really fits me to a T. And I'm teaching my staff all of this stuff mm-hmm. too, which is really fun to watch them like, oh, that's some, some good psychology there. But, <laughs> but you know, it's all we're doing is caring enough and showing our clients that we care about their health as yeah. much as they do. So we're on the journey with them. So we're kind of like a doctor's office in that regard. Like, you know, yes, schedule an appointment. Don't just drop in and say, hey, although we can do that. Um, but we want you to come in on it with a wellness plan. So we craft a wellness plan. We get to know them. We tell them about the modalities that suit them. Mm-hmm. If they want to inquire about one of the other modalities down the road, that's fine. Let's not get down, you know, but let's mm-hmm. not go down there because that's too much for you to take on. I don't want you to come in and do a shotgun approach. Because you're not going to get the benefit for it, and then you're going to think it's all hogwash and malarkey, and malarkey. Not, nothing you know, nothing works. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because you didn't do the modalities in the sequence that makes a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. So, um, when the client comes in, we go through an intake form, we ask them some questions about their health goals, we start talking to them. Normally, by the end of the day, they've opened up and have mm-hmm. short, shared way more than we ever would have dreamed, which is great because they're the people that are ready for change. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of create, a, we craft a um, wellness plan for them. We say, okay, um, because you want, let's just say, to relieve the pain, you know, we want you to be in cryotherapy at least for the first week, four days. And I want you to do that four days in a row. I don't want you to do anything else, but I want you to do cryotherapy. That's the number one anti-inflammatory, um, biggest bang for our buck, instant. You're going to feel great when you walk out. You got the endorphin high. You got the adrenaline rush. Um but you're doing so much good for your body internally that it's going to help you. Then from there, we're going to back on. So we create this plan for the first month of how to use um, the services, mm-hmm. how they're intended. Not really like tailor it to that. Correct. Um, and then we follow up. How you doing? It's been a week. We haven't. Mm-hmm. We yes, we've seen you in every day. How you feeling? Or no, we haven't seen you in here. Remember, this is what you wanted. <laughs> We want to get you there. Do you still want that? Or is it something else that's in the way? Because sometimes it might not really be the real why. Yeah. So we have to kind of dig a little deeper and find out what's really underlying um, the change of what they said and what their actions are showing. So um, we have a whole whole bunch of accountability Mm -hmm. um, as well as hand-holding and encouragement. We cheer them on. We put up signs. We bring in balloons sometimes when people reach certain (laughs) goals. It's so much fun. Um, I have such a great time. And then we have – I even set it up so that we have um, the monthly events. So I always try and have something fun going on in the store each month. Yes, corporate sends us down, you know, things that we have to do and plans that we have to put out. But I just want to do something fun. Like last month we did, um, in June, we did a fundraiser for the South Carolina Aquarium, the Sea Turtle oh, Care Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we sold um, cryotherapies, a session, whole body cryotherapy sessions. If you don't know what that is, it's a deep freeze. So you're in like negative 200, and, 200 degree temperature. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so much fun and it's so invigorating. But So we sold those for $15 or normally 50 for oh, a non-member. Wow. Yeah. Um, and 100% of the money we raised, we, so we basically gave all those services yeah. away. 100% went to the sea turtles. So um, Right to the sea turtles. Right to the sea turtles. Raise their hands. Absolutely. <laughs> but the Sea Turtle Care Center, because, you know, I love the beach. I'm yeah. here because I love it. Um, and I love to volunteer for them. So we do the beach. I do the beach cleanups every Monday night at Isle of Palms. I'm always out there collecting trash from everyone that left it all weekend long. Yep. Although I don't ever go to the beach during the summer. I'm the, I, I let the tourists do that. I'll go, mm-hmm. you know, from September through 
March. Oh my god, or May. The best time. That's the best. October, time. April. The minute yeah. the tourists start coming in for the summer, the yeah, you know, Memorial Day to Labor Day, I'm not at the beach except for our beach cleanup days. But um, I love this to volunteer for the sea turtle nesting. You know, keeping track yeah. of the logs and that kind of stuff. I would love to be there for a release one day. I haven't quite gotten to mm. that. Um, I did catch a little hatchlings on oh. Folly Beach two years That's ago. Cool. That was fabulous. Yeah. Um, but with that, you know, I wanted to get back to our local community. And then the next day, after the weekend, we did all the um, cryos, we did um, a beach cleanup. So we shut the store down, mm-hmm. which is really great that we can just shut down. We can, and I do. I take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, my whole team, and we had some members, and we had some friends, all went down. And we had um, 19 people, and we all did the beach cleanup with the Sea Turtle yeah, Alliance, awesome. uh, Sea Turtle um, Care Center people. And it was just our way of giving back. And then we, then of course, we had to go to Coconut Joe's and have some cocktails Obviously. afterwards. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to try and make it as a fun event so that I want my members to come in not just for services but to feel like they have their own little community or their own little exactly. you know yeah. people join golf clubs and stuff not necessarily just for the golf because it's a community mm-hmm. it's an exclusive club and I want them to feel like these are their friends they all have the same kinds of health um, mind, they got the same open mindedness considering health surrounded by people yeah. with the same that, goals right that want yeah. to make their life better and when you have that and they come together and they start talking then these people then cheer each other on, they engage mm-hmm. with each other, and it builds and builds and builds, and then they start trying more modalities, they try and increase their health in different ways. Hey, what are they doing over there? Why are they doing that? What's the benefits of that? Um, so it really does, although it sucks a lot of my time um, being the manager and not just an associate working there, um, the goal of what the company does as far as helping people and my health coaching mm-hmm. business really are hand in hand. So mm-hmm. it, it really is a very tightly woven um, kind of life journey I'm on there. Yeah. So well, I don't know how long I'll be it, how long I'll do it. Cause you know, eventually the hours are going to, mm. I'm going to say enough. Um, but I really love what I do and I love helping people. I love the services there. Um, I love the members and the guests that come in every day um, that part of retail is still there, mm-hmm. but it's not, no one's complaining and bitching because yeah. the Brad Ginger Snaps, they're there, you know, they're there because they want to be there, which is a completely different modality. You know, it's a different yeah. frame of reference. They're ready, they're willing. It's not a have to, it's a get to. Right. Yeah. Now I really want Ginger Snaps. So okay. Thank you for that. You're very yeah. welcome. I love Ginger Snaps. I would hate <laughs> if they were out of Ginger Snaps when I went to the store for my nightly Jeopardy. And I will never <laughs> buy them ever again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dreamies and Ginger Snaps. Mary, can you tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can connect with you, and potentially get started working with you? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on um, my Instagram is uh, Mary Mikowitz, my name. My Facebook is One Life Nutrition and Wellness. Um, and my, my website is one life nutrition, but it's also, it's one life hyphenated. So it's one dash life nutrition.com. Awesome. So I'm, I'm out there and if you're ever in Mount Pleasant, I'm either at the restore or, <laughs> or I'm on the well, beach or running. Well, we know where you are on Monday nights. <laughs> yes. Everyone knows where you are on Monday nights. So that's good. <laughs> Mary, thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you so much awesome. for having me and I greatly appreciate it. I love your story. I love your message. Your message. I love being able to share your story with our listeners. Well, I'm so greatly appreciative. You.
Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.